0: Hello and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business.
1: Hi, this is Chris Kirk uh, with Todd Mitten here at the Wild Blue Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Todd. Good
0: morning, Chris. How are you today?
1: Good. So we're, we're looking at uh, kind of a, a different topic today on aircraft ownership, and that's the importance of having an ally uh, to uh, kind of help you get the most out of your aviation experience. So Todd and I were just sitting a little bit ago talking about how, you know, what that looks like and and how important that is. And so I'll throw out an example, and we'll just kind of see where this conversation goes. But, you know, from a, I'll use the business perspective initially here. If you got an airplane or you, you think that maybe an airplane would be beneficial to your business, we found that one of the, uh, the biggest uh, killers to that idea is the CFO and if you've got a cfo chief financial officer yeah if you got a money guy in the business and they can't see beyond their spreadsheet you're going to be beating your head upside uh you know up one side and down the other trying to justify that
0: well i i think that's absolutely correct i've had the opportunity to occasionally be out at the airport and get talking to maybe a Pilots of a let's just use a King Air as an example. I'm thinking of one specific incident where I would see these guys regularly at, a, at the airport where I have my airplane, and and they talked about the value that airplane brought to the business. They were just the pilots, by the way, but the interesting part about about the discussion was that they uh, they understood the value because it brought employees could go to this job site here in the Kansas City area and then return to St. Louis in time daily for for their kids' recitals, uh, uh, you know, ball yeah. games, whatever it might be, just to be home in their own bed at night. So, so you know, there's costs involved with a company. What a CFO would look at, I would think, would be like, uh, you know, you've got costs of, of hotels and and transportation at a different location and things of that nature. But the uh but the airplane is expensive so in in i think what you're saying is the cfo may not be taking in the big broad picture of what other expenses does the airplane sort of negate and really at the end of the day what these guys were telling me is it keeps these engineers happy because they get to go home to spend their time with their family and hence they're happy to stay working for that particular business. Well, and that's
1: just it, isn't it? Because you got—I um, think that's the, the, the hammer on the nail. There is that you got um, the ability to. What am I trying to say? To uh, to recruit. You right. got ability to recruit people that might be interested in going to you know your competitor over there, but your competitor requires X number of days on the road, and and you say, hey, well, you know. You're going to have days on the road, but you know our commitment to you is, uh, you know, 85 percent of the time we're going to get you home that night so you can have dinner with the kid, the wife and kids, and family, or you know, uh, husband or whoever it may be. And man, all of a sudden now you're thinking, okay, well, uh, maybe that extra compensation over there at XYZ isn't worth being right, gone right. on the road all those days.
0: So you're to your point about the the per, the person you might have to convince. This, the CFO or you know the accountant, the quote unquote bean counter, that that person needs to understand all the costs involved. I don't think there's any doubt that aviation, we all know, is not the least expensive means of travel. So you have to look at the broader picture of what aviation brings to a business. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, and you know it's, not, it's obviously not for everybody. We're not going to try to shove everybody into the same. You know the same solution here, because you know if you're a business that your business uh, your your clientele is all local, there's probably not uh, any reason at all to even even fathom having an airplane.
0: So how do you how do you convince a uh, that person? Let's say you know you yourself as a business owner are definitely interested, or a, a key business, a key person at a given organization, you want to convince that that roadblock, that CFO or whomever it may be, maybe even the business owner, maybe you work for the business and the business owner could be a roadblock. How do you convince that uh, roadblock that aviation own airplane ownership is going to bring you uh, benefit beyond just looking at the dollars and cents of, of Airport and operating costs.
1: Yeah, you you've got to you've got to educate them, and one of the things I think you have to educate them against is all of the the misinformation, the disinformation, the uh, the folklore that you know every uh, probably every CFO has that you know they've heard that oh gosh these things are going to break the bank, they're going to kill us, do whatever you can. The first thing you're going to do if you're going to turn this company around is get rid of the aviation department. You know what, whatever the case may be, and there's there's just not a lot of uh, data necessarily to support that. So I think you got to talk to them in in as rational terms as you can. But then you got to get out there and show them. Yes. You know they've got to get out there and see. You know, and, and you can put your toe in the water. Hey, let's let's uh, let's charter an airplane. Let's forget about the cost on this charter because this is just a one-time thing. Let's charter it and see what this does for our team and how this makes it easier for us to get to.
0: That's a great a, idea, you know, somebody's location. That's a very good idea, I think.
1: You know, try it out, because that's I think that's the one way you you introduce change is you just you you use a uh, you say hey, it's, let's just let's just make this as an experiment. Let's just try it once, see what we think. You know, and then again, if it's for the company that you know, you're in a major hub served by an airline and and all you're doing is going to major cities that that airline serves, it's probably not going to be the solution for you mm-hmm. but if any the other is true where you are you are either in a semi remote location or maybe an hour or two drive from a major airline and your customers are several hours away many of our customers are many hours away yes then all of a sudden you're you're thinking okay and today i mean you know with all the all the covid stuff going on airline schedules are reduced and so uh, you know it's it's tough you know, here we sit in the middle of the country, and I look at airline schedules, and it used to be we could get anywhere, just about anywhere in this country, and back here in Kansas City, in the same day. Yes. It would be a long day, but you could ju- you could do it. Now it's almost impossible because those schedules are just not there to support that.
0: Right. We have absolutely found that to be the case, and and uh, never mind. The, and and you know, you and I personally know people that we've dealt with in in the sales business who who have Airplanes and uh, their business, very legitimate going multimillion dollar contracts that they deal with in construction or whatever it may be, engineering, and the, but their company is located in, in north central Kansas or northern Iowa or, or, I mean, they are just not conveniently located to that airport. Right. So now, back to our discussion on what is that worth to get you know those employees they keep them in that small town relatively small town maybe 10,000 20,000 people or whatever and uh, you know they could they could go do other things But, my if you if you can bring them home at night that's a that's a tremendous value that can help make them willing to be continue to work for maybe less money than they could in a major city
1: well, that's that's part of it too. Is that sometimes, and uh, I know which customer you're talking about here, but sometimes in, in situations like that, you know, the best people that they have they aren't coming from the big cities. They they like being in a smaller location, and the cost of living's cheaper. So therefore, compensation probably to be on par with everywhere else doesn't have to be what it is in a major metropolitan area. And so there, right right therein is some cost savings, you know, to the bottom line. Yes. But they're happy because you know maybe they maybe they're from that area. Or they just like smaller areas. They they're closer to their family. They can come home, you know. Especially if they're outdoors type of people, they like to go out and hunt and fish. in their off time, play golf, uh, you know, and all that stuff is right. readily available. So
0: commonly done things here in the Midwest, that's for sure. You yeah, know, those those activities for sure. I and and we. You know, it's a great idea, uh, and I know that's kind of way you run the business too. Here, where uh, the willingness to try something once, as dipping your toe in the water, like you said, charter could be a great option uh, to learn about it. I was thinking then beyond that, taking another step, uh, maybe the the accountant or the CFO doesn't have the reason to travel that the that the sort of boots on the ground people do the engineer or the construction person or whatever that works for the company. But you know, not a bad thought is allow an airplane to be used once or twice a year for how whatever you feel comfortable with for a non-business purpose. Like maybe, maybe you have an agreement, a good deal for your employees that you fly them to a location somewhere else on a, for a retreat a biz, uh, or a, just a, uh, you know a little mini vacation or something, maybe you let their their spouse go along and it's right, a, so you know that's a way to that's sort a big of,
1: benefit right there. It's
0: a benefit that's what I'm trying to say that they might make that person feel like you know there is an expense in involved in this, but the company can afford it and and I like working here because I look forward to that uh activity once a year or something right. Right. So well,
1: and it's not only just the, you know, the employee into things, but I'm thinking of a company that no longer has an airplane here in Kansas City. But and I, you know, i will share their name, but they they had uh, their airplane was a very strategic asset, kind of even a tactical asset that they would use on uh, short notice. And so they would have the ability to go and respond to their clientele. Uh, on a moment's notice when the clientele had a, a major issue that happened, the customer had a major issue that happened, and they could be there in a matter of hours right. where their competition, it took them a matter of days to get a, an agent uh, on site. And that was one of their selling points is that when you, you buy our product or service, we can be there you know, right now. and and maybe give you a little bit of extra, uh, margin for, you know, increasing your price, but nothing else. You're, you're building that relationship with these people. Um, you know, just being able to serve, I think of, of customers I've had over the years that came out of, especially around Michigan, Ohio and that area where they, um, you know, they, they built different components for cars, for automobiles. Sure. And, you know, sometimes, I had a gentleman uh, years ago that had a uh, a Bonanza and he he had a manufacturing facility, but he used, he took the back seats out of that Bonanza because he would have uh, almost sometimes in the middle of the night factory, you know, who knows it was, a Ford plant or a Chevrolet plant or somewhere. They had to stop production because either some part ran out or they had an issue with it. And man, he would be there lickety split because he didn't want to lose that contract.
0: Right. What's that worth? You know, how do you how do you even put a value on, on right. something like that? I mean, there's a that's those are they're great examples and that's a, that's another sort of intangible that you could be able to provide a level of customer service that your competition simply cannot because they don't have an airplane. Right. So,
1: yeah, that's you know and, and it's it's um I think it's a shortcoming of all of us that we see uh, we see these big companies, and we naturally think that all these big companies are located in in bigger metropolitan areas. But that's that's just not the case. No, not you at all. all. I'm thinking of a uh, financial services company here in Missouri. You know, they are a uh, well. Last time I looked, they were well into the nine figure annual revenue. They may be maybe more than that now. They had a fleet of airplanes and still do. And you know they would service their customers and their different locations around the country with that fleet of airplanes. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, their their um, uh, the person that was in charge of that department, uh, he was at the director level in the company. They believed in it so much that you know he wasn't shoved under somebody way down the line and you know somebody's a little flunky, uh, you know, in the flight department. Mm-hmm. He had a, he had a say at uh, at the. At the meetings and and planning and everything, and that's how much they valued that because man, it it, it helped that company grow and thrive.
0: Well, I know you know I, as as you know, I grew up in Moline, uh, home of uh, Deere and Company, John Deere. Yeah. Boy, they had an aviation department that still do to this day. That, I mean, they believed in that in that business. It's clearly been integral to the health and and growth of Deere and Company forever. I mean, it's just always they've had airplanes and a corporate flight department. And they didn't give in during the years when like the, the auto companies said, oh, we all, what do you mean you all flew to you want to bail out? You all flew to D.C. Remember that? Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know when you're paying an executive. A significant sum of money, or several executives. Yeah, I mean, is it you want them wandering around an airport? And, yeah, I, mean, I, I know, slipping their bags through yeah, there. Exactly. You know, and... <laughs> it's, it's just kind of funny. But I, I gotta, you know, that's a great business discussion. Uh, but you brought up talking about having an ally. Uh, what about what about on a personal level? What about somebody that just doesn't really use their airplane? For business, it's a it's a personal because they enjoy flying. Yeah, you know, we have the a lot you just like you and I. We have a passion for flying. So. Well, we
1: see that a lot, though, don't we? We see it a lot where either people are getting into or coming out of an airplane. There's always that. I'll just say the significant other mm-hmm. that um, you really have to co-op into this. Is yeah, that what you're thinking? Yeah, that's
0: exactly right. That's exactly what I'm getting at, and I I know that. Uh, support from a spouse is a is a is critical in this business so how I mean I say in this business in this in this uh I guess I would say uh, lifestyle because it can, aviation can almost be a whole lifestyle yeah it really is those and, and our listeners who are passionate uh aviation enthusiasts we all know that feeling like you know that uh that excitement that being around airplanes and having the opportunity to go fly brought you when you were younger, and even as you got older, like you, there's a lot of people out there who really, I mean, they're, they're jonesing to go fly, you know, a, after a while. Like, I haven't flown in a few weeks, I gotta go.
1: Right. So, right.
0: how do you transfer that to, you know, to a spouse? And you're never gonna, be, I'm gonna answer the question to a degree, you're never gonna fully transfer your absolute love of aviation. But unless
1: that person has that
0: that similar background, which is pretty rare,
1: yeah. But uh, I, I, to me, I think you got to you got to do the experimentation thing again. You got to you just got to get them to agree just to that first initial step. Hey, just just try it once. Let's see what you think. You know, go out and go out and rent a 172 and and try it. And go, you know, uh, be careful on the day that you go. Uh, you know, you're not going to pick a windy, gusty day when it's 100 no. degrees out, you know, and, and the 172 is a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a vomit comet. You don't want to do that. I mean, you, you want to pick a nice fall day where it's, you know, good good weather and visibility and, and you, people can, you know, they can see what's going on. And you go to a decent restaurant and, uh, you know, all that stuff and, and try to get them, you know, co-opted in, into that.
0: Right. I think it could get them to quit thinking about being in the airplane and start enjoying the overall experience because, you know, we forget about people who, who don't typically get to ride in an airplane or have not done it before. Every noise, every smell, every, every sound, every sensation. I mean, is, is different. Doesn't feel right. You know, we've yeah. all seen a passenger grab on, even in an airliner, grab onto the seat. And, and we're like, well, why would, you know, this is just absolutely normal.
1: Right. But, and I, you know, I, I still have to do that. Uh, cause <laughs> that's funny, Todd, you know um climbing out i bring the power back and i i've learned to tell my wife tell erica hey i'm coming back on the power because that reduction in noise you know she's been flying with me for years and absolutely loves it but it still catches her off guard because she's not the one doing it she's out she's sightseeing and she's enjoying the the experience and not prepared for that change in and sound
0: well yeah. as as you know chris when you and i are flying together i often Grabbing on to things and hanging on tight. That's, Especially when that's, I'm uh, Yeah, when you're flying, that's, that's, that's all together. Uh, it's just my own little nervousness here. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. No, I um, I do think that having an ally uh, in, a, in a spouse, uh, and, and if our listeners have ideas uh, for how, how they approach that, and I, uh, go to our Facebook page and, and share or whatever because we would uh, – that's a good idea. You know, we would love to hear your thoughts and ideas on
1: that. Uh, I think if you get to, you know, you get somebody there that is, um, they, they're they're open to it. If they're not open to it, I I don't know what to tell you. I I I really don't. Part of aircraft ownership is having that person that with you because it, it just creates such a more satisfying it really experience. really You know, if you got, you know, after a while, you're going to run out. You're going to run out of friends that want to go grab the hundred dollar hamburger or go play around to golf somewhere. Um, And, you know, a lot of these guys I've talked to anymore, you know, they do angel flights and and that kind of thing. But uh, even then, you you know, you're you you don't have that shared experience with someone, you know, over and over again. (laughs) Right. So, um, you know, they don't have to like going out there all the time, but at least they get they they understand and I think that's part of it you know they just understand yeah. hey this is this is Todd's thing this is Chris's thing great you know he puts up with what I like to do I put up with what he and I hate to say put up but, <laughs> but you know you know what I mean
0: <laughs> well I do uh and it's 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 a challenge if your uh, spouse or significant other does not like to fly so I, I don't have every answer in that regard that's for sure uh but
1: but then there's, you know, there's that, again, that intangible thing. They, they take that first step. And now now maybe you have the opportunity to take them someplace really cool on a trip, you know, or maybe you get to go see, uh, do something that would take you two or three times as long in a car.
0: Right. You know?
1: I mean, recently we had an opportunity to go to a wedding. And, and, and my wife, she reminded me, she goes, oh, my gosh, you know, since it was in uh, central Arkansas, And distance wise, in our airplane, it's, you know, it's a two hour flight, Uh, but because of all the hills and the mountains and the valleys and the crappy roads, um, you know, we pulled it up on the GPS and the GPS said, uh, I think eight and a half. And she's like, there ain't no way you can make it there. She goes, "I've I've made that drive so many times. She goes, it's 10 every time, every time. Of course, you're stopping for gas and well,
0: right. Of course, the GPS show you can beat it on a shorter distance, but as you get longer and longer, you it's not taken into account. You've got to stop. Right. Obviously, say fifteen hundred hours or fifteen hundred miles, it might show you can make it in however many hours. Let's say let's say twenty hours, but. Well, you can't drive 20 hours straight in general. You shouldn't drive 20 hours straight. So, yeah, in fact, you got to add in a night to stop. Right. There. So real time, the airplane, meanwhile, 1,500 miles is actually, in a lot of airplanes, a doable trip in a long day. Right. And, you know, and, and I just thought about this,
1: too. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's not your significant other that you're, you're uh, kind of getting on board here. But maybe it's somebody that's important to them. So, you know, it's not the case here, but this is what we do. You know, Erica's mom lives down in Oklahoma. Right. And she, she loves to fly. So, you know, it's a five-hour drive. Well, I'll zip down there in an hour and a half, and I'll pick her up, and I'll bring her home. And she absolutely loves it. Erica loves that I can do that and get her down, back, you know. She's not spending that time on the road driving. Yeah. And, and It's so, a good reason
0: for you to get the airplane out yeah, and enjoy the opportunities of the airplane so you enjoy it. And so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, now
1: I've got another ally because, right. uh, you know. I, I, I mean, it's rare as the time we i all send Sharon a text to say, hey, we're free this weekend. We come down and pick you up. I mean, I usually get an answer. You <laughs> don't lick any split. I mean, it's, it's fast.
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, – it's a, it's a fun topic uh, and a hard one to have all the answers to, so we just simply offer suggestions and thoughts, I would say. you know, What else? Well, I think
1: you know we probably beat the dead horse, I guess. Mm-hmm. But if uh, you know Todd had a good idea, you got something out there. Throw it on our Facebook page. It's at Fly Wild Blue. Um, I think that's right. Wild Blue Aircraft Sales at Fly at Wild Blue Aircraft Sales.
0: Well, you know we need to ask Tabby. She does yeah. all the social yeah. media for us, and uh, and Tabby uh, does a tremendous job at that. And I, I would encourage our our listeners to uh, look at a, if you have a Facebook account, look at our Facebook page or Instagram and that sort of stuff. Tabby. Tabby has really brought a lot of, uh, of good uh, value to that, and and so I would encourage our
1: listeners to check it out. She's got some great ideas for some upcoming podcasts, and so we're you know we're we're all ears. But anyway, thanks so much for uh, for following us and and for listening. And uh, until next time, Chris and Todd signing out.
0: Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Wild Blue Podcast. Find us online at flywildblue.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.